Hey there, and welcome to Networking School, a podcast to sharpen your networking knowledge and add to your network. Join me each week for powerful interviews, strategies you can implement immediately, and connections to professionals you need to know. My name is Tish Times, and I am a sales and networking expert. I've been in the connection business my entire career, and for more than 10 years, I have been teaching entrepreneurs and sales teams to stop wasting time and money with ineffective networking. In addition to running a professional networking organization, I am in love with coaching entrepreneurs to sell with authority and network with confidence. Some of my clients have increased their income by more than 300% with the intentional networking strategies that I teach. It's time to stop playing with your income. It's time for more connections, more confidence, and more clients. It's time for networking school. So welcome to networking school, Eva. How are you? Hey, Tish. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I am so glad. You know, we've been kind of in these circles for a very, very, very long time, right? We have spent some time in the same rooms. We shared yes. a co-working space at one point, and now we get a chance to talk. So I'm going to ask you to, in your own words, introduce yourself and tell us something about yourself that's not going to be found like in your bio or on your website. Okay. I love answering that question. So yeah, Eva Janata here, and I am a thought leadership strategist and advisor primarily to women leaders. And so that means I help women leaders, typically entrepreneurs, a lot of coaches and consultants, authors, speakers. I help them with the idea creation and development and formulation of their intellectual property, their body of work. And we work on that together Sometimes, you know, just in a brainstorming capacity, but I'll often work with my clients on helping them write or produce their thought leadership and then help them market it so it can have the impact that it's meant to have. And that's like my official bio. But what I would also love to share is um, when I'm not working, I love to read fantasy novels and I love to uh, weightlift. Really? I didn't know that about you. That's pretty cool. And I, yes. you know, I I love that. And I love hearing these kind of things that when I see you, I never really would see that. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Would you believe I used to be a personal trainer for years? I didn't know that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So uh, were you more into like, did you do weightlifting, cardio, bodybuilding, like what kind of stuff? All of it? I did weightlifting, cardio. I used to be a spin instructor. I mean, wow. I was like... <laughs> That is so fun. My company was called Busy People Health and Fitness. (laughs) And I focused on executives training them and keeping them healthy. Just a side, nice to cook for people as well. Healthy meals for people. So that was like what I did when I was building my first business. I would go to work at 4 a.m. and train people until like 9 or 10. And then I would start answering phones for my staffing company that I used to own at that time. That is quite a schedule, Tish. <laughs> I know. I was, I, was great. I was young. and Yeah, it's it's definitely, but it's how I built. And I did it until it went like, you know, my my full-time job, if you will, my, my training business kind of slowed. You know, I took, let the staffing company get to a place where it would sustain me. And then yeah. I let that go. And then I've been in some type of, you know, professional business of this sort for the last um, almost 20 years. So, I like to hear that, especially the part where, you know, 
we'll often hear sort of like a sanitized, you know, not quite rags to riches, but here's how I started and here's how I am now. And it's helpful to hear the details. Like in my case, I worked part-time at a grocery store for the first few years I was in business. And that really helped me like stay afloat and feel safe and comfortable while I built up my business. And so I like, it's just always so interesting to hear the different pieces that were in place as someone started the business. Yeah, I, I remember the first big order because again, I was doing staffing at the time. The first big order I got, they kind of shifted everything and I went full-time into staffing. Some Hoover vacuum cleaners and they needed 30 assembly people. And I'm standing on the weight room floor getting this call trying to sound like I'm in an office. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to have to leave now. <laughs> wow, so, so there was really like a pivotal kind of a oh, moment yeah, for you. Definitely. We didn't have mm. an office. I mean, that's a whole story for a whole other podcast, but we... <laughs> had to figure it out, but it, it changed everything and it made me go full-time into my business at that time. But what I want to talk about is you today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tell me a little bit about um, your confidence journey. You know, many people think that being in business is really about skill and, and experience and knowledge. And, and I think those things are important. But Eva, I, I firmly believe that confidence has a lot to do, a lot more to do with it sometimes than competence because we're then more willing to like make those big leaps and, and take mm. those, those giant strides. So tell me a little bit about your confidence journey. Have you always been super confident? Have you had kind of a transition? Tell us about it. Yeah, so that's, I agree with you. And another C word that comes to mind for me when I think of confidence is commitment. Yes. I love and I it. remember a couple of years ago, I went, I attended an event hosted by a coach whom I now work with. And she made the case that, you know, a lot of the times we'll think to ourselves like, oh, when I'm confident, then I'll do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And she made the case that actually what you need to focus on is commitment to a course of action because by practice and doing it again and again, that's how you build the confidence. <laughs> And it seems pretty obvious in hindsight, but it really was a paradigm shifter for me at that time. And, you know, in some areas, I've always felt very confident. Like I, I've always felt confident about meeting people and getting to know people. And I've always felt confident, like speaking, like I've never felt awkward about public speaking, but uh, I started out my business feeling very not confident selling, very not confident um, marketing and really talking about my services and my purpose in a way that felt natural rather than forced. Yeah. So certainly like that has, I mean, changed over time. It's probably going to keep changing. Yeah. And, you know, a change that a recent change that came was, you know, for the first couple of years in business, I really identified and positioned myself as a marketer. And it was only fairly recently that marketing started, that identity started to feel like it didn't fit right. Mm -hmm. And I realized what I'm most excited about is thought leadership, right? Like marketing is a powerful tool, but to use a tool, you need to be making something. And right. it's that creation process that really delights me. And so starting to talk about myself as a thought leadership advisor, rather than as a marketing consultant has been another way that I've needed to build that confidence. But what's been interesting is it's, it felt like a fit more quickly than marketing ever did, which was a really um, kind of a reassuring sign for myself. I love that so much. Said some really great things. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that we kind of dive a little bit deeper. But I, I do want to find out from you, who do you feel like you've had to become 
in order to enjoy the level of success that you currently enjoy. I don't think we're the same people we were when we started our businesses or started these journeys. Who do you believe you've had to become? I think the thing that I'm probably most proud of in my journey as an entrepreneur is the level of trust I'm building in myself. Love it. Oh my God. That's so good. That is so good. A lot of people don't think about that. And we want other people to trust us when we lack trust in ourselves. And I'm just like, how do you expect that to happen? Right? That's a good point. Yeah. We are the first believers. We have to be the first believers. And if we don't believe first, it's very difficult for other people to believe in us, to believe that we're able to solve the problem that they come to us with, and and really to be able to trust us with their baby, which is most times their business. Like, please help me with this. I wouldn't take my kid and drop it off to someone who looked like, I don't know if I can do this. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to be Yeah. (laughs) That's such a good point. And it's making me realize, I mean, that it took a long time and, and and I know that my that my journey of trusting myself is going to continue on, you know, forever. But it really took a long time to get to the point that you're talking about, Tish, of like trusting myself enough that I could kind of convey that to others. Yeah. I think for a while I struggled, kind of like I was I was kind of waiting for other people to trust me to show me that I could trust myself. Like I had it backwards. And I, and I think, think now that you mention it, like, I think it came from that lack of confidence that we were just talking about of like, I wasn't sure I could do it. I'd never done it before. So how could I be sure? And so it took a lot of like iterations and, you know, it just took a lot of time to get to this point where now, you know, sometimes I'll hear myself talk and I'll think, dang, Okay, yeah. that sounded really good. You really know what you're talking <laughs> you about. That down, right? <laughs> Was anybody recording? <laughs> right, exactly. It's so delightful to um, kind of catch myself unawares in that way and notice, like, oh wow, I've really, I've really made progress here. I really trust myself to answer these questions to help these people. So let's back up a minute because you just dropped a bomb and walked away. So let's just go back to that bomb moment because you said that we're waiting for someone else to believe in us before we believe in ourselves that we're able to do what we say we can do. That is so good. And the reason I think it's so good, I personally, you gave me just like, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, man, I have the goods. I know I have the goods. Why am I waiting on someone else to tell me what I already know on the inside? Right? Mm. Um, and I think we'll hold back when we're unsure, when we're waiting for someone to basically kind of give us that justification, make us feel like, yeah, you can do it. We hold back until someone opens their mouth and I'm learning, Eva, I am learning to speak to myself, to say Mm. what needs to be said, because if I'm waiting on someone else to come and give me that at a girl or that go, go ahead, you have permission to move forward. I'll be sitting for years. And I did, I sat for years. Right. Same. So you really, I believe you just helped someone to get through some of that mind clutter that they probably had, not even realizing, wait a minute, I can be the own my own voice of change. I can be the one to set myself free in the sense of stop waiting for someone to believe in you. Believe in yourself. You got what you need. Absolutely, Tish. And I'm glad you you paused us on that because it's reminded me of a I had a really profound experience last year where I um I was attending one of those like free, free, sorry, free five day challenges on Facebook live with somebody that I follow. And at the end, she made an offer as people usually do. It was a $3,000 package to work in like a messaging lab with her. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I had gotten so much value from the free challenge. I signed right up, like, give me the landing page. I'm giving you money. Like I was so enthusiastic. And so I did it. I like made my deposit. And then I immediately felt totally bowled over by doubt. And I reread the landing page and I, I read every bullet that described her ideal client. And I realized I didn't match every single bullet. And I immediately felt this incredible sense of like shame that I'd like, I'd gone too soon and it was too, I, was, I wasn't ready yet. And I should have waited longer and I should have read more carefully and on and on and on. And then I, <laughs> it was such a dramatic shift, like one second to the next of feeling super excited and, and, and prepared and ready and eager to feeling like absolute garbage. And I noticed in thinking through that experience, I realized that I had made, I had a profound misunderstanding of readiness. Mm-hmm. And I thought being ready for something, I thought that meant I would have some sort of external sign like X revenue or X experience or X validation from somebody else or someone else's stamp of approval. I was looking for, or like matching the bullets on like bullet points on a page. I was looking for this outside sign of readiness. And I realized like I was ready when I made that deposit or I wouldn't have made the deposit. And it made me realize that readiness is actually a choice that you make. It's an identity you take on. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but. This is called orange <laughs> applause. And that's just like, wait, you have to say that again. You have to say that again. Can, can you rephrase? Can you just say what you just said again? Readiness comes yeah, from. I, I realized that readiness is not a state of being that someone kind of gives to you. Readiness is a choice that you make. Right. And then you can take action to rise to that occasion, right? You become ready by choosing to take action that makes you ready. You know? That's so good. That is so good. Because again, we'll be waiting for all the boxes to be checked, all the dollar signs to be in place. And, um, you know, it's funny, I just did a video just a few hours ago, actually, about how confidence comes into doing you know, yes. and we, as we're moving through it, we realize that we're ready. We realize that the confidence we were waiting for is already on the inside of us. <laughs> Sometimes mm. it's like, just open your mouth. It's already in there. Yes. Just open your mouth and start speaking. Um, that right there is so good though. Readiness is a choice. And as we step, as we make ourselves ready, we step, we step into it. And it's like, we kind of block yeah. it as we go. Oh, yes. that's good. That is so good. Okay. So we're already planning part two because (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of rabbit holes we could go down here. Tell me, because again, I know you network. I know you network well. I see you a lot on LinkedIn doing some phenomenal things there. Tell me, Eva, who, if you will, who or what connections have played the biggest role in your life? And I don't mean just right now, go back as far as you like, business, personal, whatever. Okay, I have a I'm, I have a really good story for this. Um, that I was just thinking about this today. So um, today I got a message on LinkedIn from a colleague named Stacy Mayer saying, "Hey Eva, thank you so much for introducing me to Naftali Bryant. He joined me on my podcast. I just shared his episode. He's a perfect fit for my audience." And that message made me so happy. And mm. I thought to myself, "Okay, let me trace this back." And I realized, so. I, you know, Naftali Bryant is, um, he's a, I think a education or leadership development executive at Netflix. He's really high up at Netflix and a really fascinating, smart, insightful man. He was introduced to me by my client, Selena, who was introduced to be my, my previous client, Lisa, 
who was introduced to me by a woman named Jamie, who I met at a conference in 2013 that I attended because one of my best friends from growing up sent me an article by this woman named Jen in 2011. And two years later, Jen had this conference where I met Jamie, who introduced me to Lisa, who introduced me to Selena, and you get the picture. Right. And I sat there this morning and I just felt such profound, like, just joy at like that kind of chain of relationships and realizing, wow, like, look at the, look at the fruit that this chain of relationships has borne and will continue to bear. And there are so many relationships like that in my life, Tish, and especially like, as I, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and and making networking really a priority. So many like fascinating chains of relationships that are kind of unfolding around me all the time. And I just, it gives me so much like happiness to make these kinds of connections and to realize like, just to be able to kind of trace back the serendipity and just the goodness of people introducing me to other people and now me being able to pay that forward. And so, you know, I wouldn't call your initial question was one of the, some of the most powerful relationships I think of, you know, in my experience and, you know, rather than one or two coming to mind, although there certainly have been especially impactful ones, what comes to mind is just the the sheer volume of them and how they all connect and how many years it's taken for these connections to happen and how interesting it'll be to see that continue forward. Oh, I love that so much. The one thing I will say, um, just from from the outside looking in as an observer of you, you seem very intentional about building relationships, which I always catch that because of what I do. It's like, yes. I can see the people who inbox you to ask you to buy your stuff. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I see that a million times a day, but I'm very aware when I see people who are intentional in building relationships, people who are intentional about providing value for other people. And that's something that I've seen time and time again from you. And so I'm sure they would be, if we were to interview all of those other people, they would probably name you as that connection that's played such a huge role in their lives. So I want to mm. honor you for that. So it, it makes a big difference. It really does. Um, yeah. If you had to, to sum up your journey in one word, what would that word be, Eva? Mm. I would say astonishing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not because like anything especially dramatic has happened to me, but I think precisely because of what I just shared about that, that chain of relationships, it's just astonishing to me how things happen. And, you know, the people that you happen to meet, you know, like you and I happen to meet, or like, you know, my friend happened to send me that article, just kind of the what feel like coincidences or might feel kind of run of the mill in the day, in a day, these just, these happenings have such, can have such a like echoing impact over time. Mm -hmm. And there are just so many examples of that in my life. And, And I think that, you know, one thing I've tried to become conscious of as I've moved along is, is being, like you said, Tish, intentional about that. Like if I want to meet a certain kind of person, if I want to know a certain kind of information I don't have to sit at my desk and wait for it to come to me. I can go out and, and seek it. So partly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking action, but I also find that 
you know, motion begets motion. And the more that I do that, the more interesting things just kind of come to me or people, you know, they know me for this thing. So they could introduce me to that person who knows this other person. And I just think it's astonishing how that works, that interconnectedness and the, the, the wealth of relationships is so, it's like really inspiring to me. I love it. I love it so much. Tell me if, if there is such a thing, what is your networking secret? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I like this. Um, my networking secret is that I think about networking as making new friends. Full stop. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and, you know, people like get really awkward about networking. Tish, you know this so well. And I, I think I used to feel that way sometimes because I felt like I was I, like, I had an ulterior motive and that made me feel really superficial. Yeah. But now I find that like, I just want to like get to know people because they're interesting. And I don't even care if we talk about work. In fact, I remember I had an experience and and you said, and I talked about it with you and you, you were very, what you said really validated my experience. There have been, you know, a couple of instances where I've been like sitting at a co-working space or at a networking event and or at a conference and someone will call up to me and like ask me my name and they say, Oh, so what do you do? And I hate that question and it makes me feel so angry, like so resentful. And I remember thinking like, geez, I'm getting like way too angry about this question. What is my problem? And I asked you about it, Tish, because I knew you were a networking expert with tons of experience and you agreed and you were like, yes, ugh, that question. And I remember feeling so relieved. Oh, thank goodness. I'm not the only one who hates it, but man, I could if I never hear that question again, it's too soon. Me either. And you know, I, I relate that question to someone walking up to you and going, hey, how much money do you make? That's what it is. Because mm. they're sizing you up to know yeah. if you're worthy of taking the conversation to a business kind of, you know. And so you, just like you would never walk up to a perfect stranger and ask them about their, their bank account, you know, stop. Be more concerned about the person than you are about the business. Because reality is, if you begin to develop a relationship, you'll always get to the business. You develop that trust, it's always going to come. But I think that people miss a huge opportunity when they go straight into, so what do you do? Because it does. It makes me feel like like a guy walking up to you or, you know, a girl. You know, it's like... It's icky. It's just icky. Who wants to feel like that, right? Right. Like it feels, it makes me feel like I'm being reduced to what I do and I'm so much more dimensional than that. And so when I network now, I just, I try to just like, I mean, yeah, I start with people asking them their name, but like, then I want to know, you know, what brought you here? How long have you known this person? How did you find out about this event? And like you said, Tish, we get to it. We get to work because it's part of our lives. But when I, when I have the the focus of like, let me, let me see if this would be a cool friend to have. Then I feel like really lighthearted and eager rather than kind of heady, heavy and dreadful. Yeah. I I love giving people an opportunity to share a story. So if Mm. it has to be, you know, for instance, like you're in a networking meeting and they give you like specific questions and your first question is ask them what they do. So I might say, tell me why you're passionate about what you do. Tell me what got Mm. you started doing what you do. So it gets you, it gets you away from you know, how much money do you make or whatever to, oh yeah, I started in this field and then I went to this field or I love what I do because, so just give Mm. them an opportunity to share a part of who they are. You'll be happier. They'll be happier. And it gets you out of that icky first question. Goodness gracious. The time goes so fast when we have these (laughs) great conversations. I want to make sure people know, because you mentioned it at the beginning, I want you to echo it. And if you want to go in even deeper, you're welcome to, who do you believe you are uniquely 
gifted to serve? Yeah, so I have yet to find a kind of a short, pithy way to answer this question because, so I'm going to use a couple more words, but, you know, I feel that I'm really called to serve typically women leaders in a social impact, mission-driven space. So they are really fired up about making an impact, particularly in the realms of gender equality and racial equality and justice. And they're just really called to serve in that way. And they have so much wisdom and insight and experience between their ears, but maybe have a hard time translating that into a format that other people can access and can use and can be changed by. And so that's a long answer to your question. So I guess like, you know, change-making women leaders is maybe the shortest way to put it. Yeah, I love that. If if those change-making women leaders sitting at their desk right now and they're like, I need fill in the blank, what would they be Googling? What's a word that they might use to happen upon your website, to find you on LinkedIn, to you know, figure out who you are? Oh, great question. I, hadn't, I haven't thought about that. That's a really good thing for me to think about when I redo my website this year. <laughs> um, I would say, you know, I'm thought leadership is really the space that I play in. And so thought leadership advisor or consultant, or even just like thought leadership support, you know, like that's, that's what it's called. You know, who knows how long that, that like jargon term will, will mean what it does. But for now, that's what it's called. And if you're sitting at your desk and you're like, ugh, I wish I had more time or a little bit more guidance or just, you know, kind of a wing woman to develop my thought leadership with, uh, I would love to be your wing woman. I love that. That's an excellent answer. That makes it easy for people. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to find her right now. What is the best way for people to reach you? I would love to be reached. I'd love to be reached on LinkedIn. I know I've mentioned it a few times. I, I practice what I call social media monogamy. So I just use LinkedIn and that's a intentional strategic choice I've made for, for my business. And I think I'm the only person on that platform with the exact spelling of my name. So it should be pretty easy to find me. Okay, well, I want you to say it and spell it so that everyone who's listening right now will know exactly how to find you. Yes, yeah, so it's Eva, E-V-A, and my last name is J-A-N-N-O-T-T-A, double up all the consonants, <laughs> and that's me, yeah. And so um, re- send me a connection request and make sure to put in the note that you know you heard me on Tisha's podcast because I would love to get to know you. I'd love to become friends. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad that we have, and I'm expecting it to go even more in 2021. And I want to say thank you so much for not only being here, but being fully here and sharing your heart with us. We'll definitely get together again soon. And I'll see you in in the, in the future, hopefully in person. I know. Wouldn't that be lovely? Thank you so much, Tish. It was great to join you. Likewise. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Networking School. Go grab your complimentary networking handbook at tishtimes.com and make sure to follow and subscribe to Networking School on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the wonderful spots you go to get your podcasts. I would be so very grateful if you left a review of the show. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember that relationships are the catalyst for success. So get out there and make some intentional, authentic connections. Thank you.